0: reading from the first epistle of Peter, chapter 1, beginning at verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for season, if need be, are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls." I suppose everybody says that when they come to church, they're glad to be here. It's nice to see actual people. Well, we see actual people, but you know what I mean. I have been fortunate or blessed or privileged to usher lately. I'm not a very good usher because I talk too much. You're supposed to take the people, usher them to where they're supposed to sit. But I'm, I'm just happy to be back. So it's a good time in the old time religion. It's just good times. I was wondering about the apostle. We call him the apostle Peter. Peter was a a fisherman. And as you read some of the writings in Peter, the man was a scholar. The the writings are incredible, what he has to say. He's a fisherman. Was he out on a boat taking notes, you know, when he was was a fisherman? I, I, I doubt it. But it seems like when God gets a hold of somebody like Peter, and when they, they, they invest, so to speak, their whole life in the gospel, they can, they can learn how to write. And uh, this man wrote some beautiful words, just reading through parts of First Peter, uh, just uh, recently, I got more involved the more I was reading it. Realized that the unfolding of, of this epistle, this letter, it just seems to kind of unfold. I was thinking, is it a crescendo? I was going to ask somebody about the crescendo thing. It just kind of gets bigger and bigger, right? Is Musicians, is that right, Mr. Morgan? It just in, increases. And, and, and that's the way the book goes. It starts out, you know, it starts out and the basics of of the the epistle, and then it just builds and builds and builds. And we don't have time to build the whole book out uh, tonight, but uh, it is great to be able to get into the Word of God and find something that applies to right now. Did you catch some of the words? Heaviness. Heaviness. Heaviness people are living in heaviness, you know, the burden of the hour, the burden of the day, and uh, when will it end? Who knows? But it will end. When will it end? But contained within that that ending is these 24-hour days. For some reason, when God constructed things, he put them in little segments called days. So really, I can't do much about yesterday, and we understand what restitution is. When, when we got saved, we realized that fairly soon, that we had to make things right from the past. So you have to go back to the past sometimes, but, but you can get beyond that and move into today. But as far as tomorrow is concerned, we really have no clue. We look on our calendars and, and know that we've got an appointment for such and such a date and so forth, but we really don't know... Tomorrow's it'll it'll show up when it shows up, and and the burden of tomorrow will be all fine for tomorrow, but not for today. Today God has given you and me everything we need for today, that we might endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and uh, the calamities of today, the if there were any, will be solved today, Lord willing, and that's good. So I don't have to think about tomorrow. I think there's something up on the board, many, many things about tomorrow. I guess somebody who put that up there was kind of thinking along these lines. And, and that's tomorrow. That's not today. Sixth verse of this uh, mentions the fact that he greatly rejoiced. Now, greatly rejoicing sounds like a good thing to do. And uh, the fact that there is some heaviness, he mentions that. He goes on to verse 7 to say, That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. See what I mean about scholarly? He constructed some sentences here that are just awesome. The trial of your faith. The trial of your faith. Is it the trial... Is, are you on trial? No. Don't want to be on trial. That's, that's for the courts. Don't want to go to court. Don't want to be on trial. That's, that, would be, that would not be good. Well, it might be good, but it, it probably won't be good. You don't want to go on trial. This is a different kind of a trial. And you're not on trial in this case, but it's your faith that's on trial. Your faith in Jesus Christ is what's on trial. For every one of us, our faith is on trial. That's why people are wondering about tomorrow and wondering when it'll end. If you knew when it would end, it wouldn't be a trial. We know when Christmas Day is scheduled, 25th of December. We know it's a, it's a solid date pretty much, isn't it? But this date, this whenever it will end, we don't know that day. When are they going to, going to get more freedoms? Uh, we're, we're not going to be limited anymore. We're going to have, have that, that, uh, what we had before. Well, we're certainly, if we look back at what we had before, we ought to be very, very thankful for what we have. That's for sure. I think people are thinking about being very grateful for what God has provided. He has given us so much And it's so easy to take it for granted when we just have it all the time, you know? You can go to church all the time. Uh, But I guess you can't right now. So it's kind of limited there. He mentions gold that perisheth. Gold can be melted down at something like almost 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So gold will perish. And gold can even be melted down with a combination of I think a couple of different acids, you can break gold down. So gold, as beautiful as it is, if you have a nice gold one-ounce coin, they're sure pretty, aren't they? If you've ever seen them, they are so pretty. They're heavy. They're not like regular coins. They're just one ounce of coin. That's a big coin. And so pretty, and it has a value. Right now, it's got lots of value. But you know those things change too, and that's kind of what I think Peter was maybe getting at, and he didn't know about our day and age, and he didn't know the price of gold or anything like that. But he was balancing this out. He says, "Okay, you you take take this this trial of your faith that you're you're dealing with right now, and then you measure that against the value of this gold over here uh, that that will perish sometime, and." And there's more value to that, that trial of your faith than there is of this gold. How is that possible? That there could be value in a trial of your faith. I'll let you answer that question on your own terms. it will be tried with fire. You try uh, a metal, so try it with fire, and it, it breaks down, and uh, maybe you melt it down and make something out of it. But he says it should be founded through praise and honor and glory. Good words. At the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now that's a future term. At the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whenever that Jesus returns to this old world, future will be over and it will be in the present. But that's where some value really kicks in. And we can thank the Lord that we're on that, that road to glory. Whom having not seen ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, Yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's not just joy. It's big joy. It's unspeakable joy. It's joy you can't explain. You can't explain the joy. Remember when you first tried to testify? Well, maybe you don't remember that, but at some time when you try to testify, you try to tell it, it's joy unspeakable. But I... I just can't put it into words, because it's just so big. And you feel that way, but you do the best you can. We all do, we do the best we can. We try to try to tell somebody how good God is. Receiving the end of your faith. So at this point, he goes on and says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So when a person gets saved by faith, they're looking to Jesus, he, he He changes their life like Brother uh, Bush was uh, telling us about in 1965 and things changed, changed for in his life. I remember Brother Butch in in Minnesota years ago. They came out from uh, Denver, and we went to a meeting at a Indian reservation he and my, and Valerie and myself and some others, we all went down there to this Indian reservation. And we had a church service on an Indian reservation. And uh, there was people in that group, I don't know in that particular group that were there, but years later we, we met some from that tribe that were Christians. The Lord had, had given them something that was real. And, and by the way, it was, I think, the mother in that family that got saved first. I don't think I ever knew her, but the, the children, some of the children, they caught on to the gospel. They recognized the fact that they needed salvation. Years later, we had we had funerals at that same island, called it Prairie Island, where they, some of these same uh, Indians would, would be buried there on the island, but they had been saved. You don't mind having a funeral for somebody that's been saved, somebody that's got a real testimony, because the gospel, has so much more value than of that gold that perisheth, you see? The, the gospel just continues on. It's got benefit today and tomorrow if the Lord should tarry and beyond. There's not much that lasts that long. Sometimes, you know, you, you ever buy a new car? You remember the first dent? <laughs> yeah, I heard about one of those recently. That, so disappointing, you know, it's brand new, you know, it's still clean from the shop, you know, they clean it up real pretty when you first buy it, and, and, and you drive it, and, and then there's that dent, well, some of those dents are still there, it doesn't matter that much, because it's like that gold that perisheth, chances are you'll probably get another car sometime if the Lord tarries, and you'll trade in the old and get something new, but, but that's the way it is with things in this life. They do get old. They do perish. But this endures forever. And the heaviness that may be now kind of overwhelming some in our society or around the world, that will end too. When will it end? At God's timing. He's got the perfect timing in mind. And we will rejoice. We can rejoice until then. There's something about The trying uh, in the gospel, referenced in scripture, James mentioned the fact that that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Okay? So evidently, the end product of the trial or the trying of your faith or the test of your faith is patience. Have you ever needed to be patient? Probably we almost always need to be patient. Sometimes you get things you have to read, and, and you want to know what it says right now. And they they write it in this language that is just like it's English, sort of. But you try to read and figure out what they're trying to explain about how to run your some remote thing in your house, or or some even to run the the, the microwave. You know, right? I we ran Valerie ran off those that. that uh, Thing, how you, the introduction of, of that microwave you all have, uh, Sister Joan, I think it's like, what, 20 some pages long just to run a microwave? Are you kidding? They used to be the thing you turned turn the dial on when they first came. On. You just turned the dial and pushed a button, you know? And, and that was it. Now it's like you've got to go to college or something and figure out how to run your microwave. It's ridiculous. But that's the way our life is, full of things that are ridiculous. The gospel's not ridiculous. The gospel's straightforward. Jesus said, You must be born again. You must be born again. Do you really want life worth living? You give your life to the Lord and He changes things. He changes everything. Old things uh, are, are gone and everything is new. How does He do it? He doesn't, He paid a high price for it. He went to Calvary, He died on a cross. That we might be saved from our sins, not left in them, but delivered from them. That's the goodness of the Lord. The goodness of God. He brings deliverance. Later in the book of First Peter, chapter four, verses twelve and thirteen says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. Okay? They're getting getting hotter. It's a burning, it's kind of a, a burning. Thing, as a trial by fire and maybe some people felt that way it's just just it's just getting so hot it can't stand the heat concerning the fiery trial which is to try you there's a reason for it you see it doesn't come randomly or accidentally there's a trying of your faith on purpose it's a good thing there's a purpose behind it because otherwise it would be a real trial but there's a trying of your faith with a purpose, as though some strange thing happened unto you. How did Peter know words like this back then that pertained to now? Some strange thing, some strange virus, strange things happening. It's just so strange. I've never seen this before. Some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, he says, in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That's a good thing, isn't it? to identify with the Son of God and his sufferings. I know we can't go to Calvary, we can't go to the cross except maybe by prayer and uh, surrender to the will of God, but we can identify with the Christ who suffered for us, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Here's that joy thing again. It's not just joy, it's exceeding joy. You see, the the gospel multiplies ordinary words and and magnifies them beyond normal reason. But it is that good, isn't it? It's the gospel. It's pure. It's, It's just. It's holy. And it makes a real difference in how we live. Maybe that's why... After not having seen people face to face for so long, we come and it's like, the light comes on. These are people that I love and they love me and we love each other and it's happy time and we don't hug and we don't do anything like that. But we do exactly pray for one another, pray that the Lord will do something with that fiery trial so that when your that test comes on, you'll endure to the very end, and you will rejoice, just like this Bible says. Jesus, before his crucifixion, it's recorded in the Gospel of John, says it says this is recorded here in chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you, and there's several areas that Jesus laid out to the disciples. And he says, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Jesus knew what was coming, and it was not going to be peaceful. There was Roman soldiers where they lived, and they were not peaceful guys. They were not, you know, excuse me, sir, I need to uh, pull your chariot over there. It's in the way. No, no. They they were rough and tough and mean, and, and they probably looked pretty ugly, too. Probably didn't even take baths, who knows. But that's where they lived. They lived in an unpeaceful world. And Jesus says he might have peace. Jesus wants us to have peace in troubled times, in good times. He wants us to have peace. But be of good cheer. Okay to be cheerful? Not everybody's cheerful. Brother Butch says... Likes to hear people testify and smile at the same time. sometimes we think so hard, we can't smile, you know. When you get your picture taken, they say, smile. You know, you ever seen the old pictures? Like 100 years old? Film was pretty slow back then, so you had to just like stand there, you know. Well, I don't remember then, but I've seen pictures like that. And and the face, they don't smile in old pictures, because if they tried to smile, it wouldn't have worked very well. But they did get pictures just the same, but be of good cheer. And why should we be of good cheer? Why did Jesus say we should be of good cheer? I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Now you can't overcome the world, I can't overcome the world, but Jesus overcame the world that we might have that cheerfulness. We might have that peace. The other words that were in this text was, we might have the joy, and we might have patience. I suppose you might say, your patience is running thin. Well, I suppose it is for all of us. That's okay, we must be normal then, and that's okay. We can just wait, we can ask, when will this end? When will this end? I don't know when will it end, but when it does, we will rejoice and be glad and we'll come back to church as we are tonight in a larger group, in a larger setting. We have testimonies from people that sit out in the pews. Can you believe that? These are not staged testimonies, by the way. They had the testimony of whether or not they were asked for or not. The gospel's like that. It's something, when you get a testimony from the Lord, It's from the Lord no matter where you sit or how often you testify publicly. God is good. Be glad and rejoice because the Lord is, he'll put an end to this thing, that's for sure. We're gonna stand and sing a song. 613, stand and sing a song and we'll sing it joyfully and we'll have a good time at a time of prayer tonight.